Welcome to episode 4. As always, I'm your host Jacob, known online as Private Problems, and I'm here to bring you fun stuff from within the world of nerd. Now, sit back, relax, and let's full dive into this week's episode. Before we dive into today's topics, head over to the podcast social networks where you can join the conversation, as well as leave your opinions and suggestions. Find me at the links in the description or twitter.com forward slash OG Gaming Corner, facebook.com forward slash Gaming Corner Podcast, and instagram.com forward slash Gaming Corner Podcast. Now, let's get started. Weekly Nerd News for July 21st to the 28th. Starting it off today again, as always, Xbox. Xbox Showcase uh, announced new games, big and small. They are Halo Infinite, Fable, Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2, Avowed, Forza Motorsport, State of Decay 3, Crossfire X, Warhammer 40k, uh, Dark Tide, that's one game, sorry about the pause, Fantasy Star Online 2, Medium, The Gunk, and more. Some of these games are Xbox exclusives, and some of them are not. Halo, Fable, and Avowed were the three that caught my eyes, and I'm interested in, in playing uh, Fable, just because I've played 1, 2, and 3, and I've loved them, and was sad when they stopped. So hopefully, the new one can bring back the uh, nostalgia. Xbox also got rid of the 12-month Xbox Live option, which uh, is weird. They only now offer the 1-month and 3-month options, but it's, it's making people wonder if the subscription is going to die with the new generation. Who knows? Probably not, but... Let's hope. Moving on, we got PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation has now a, uh, which launched on the 24th, a 40-player World War One first first-person shooter game called Tannenberg, where you can experience the war on the Eastern Front. With the launch of Ghost of Tsushima, debuted last week, it became PS4's fastest-selling first-party original debut, with over 24 million copies sold in three days. According to rumors and leaks on Twitter, it looks like a PS5 event is planned for August 6th, which will bring the state of play, reminder, only a leak. So, moving on to our esports and general news, this past weekend was Toronto Ultra's home series, which included events with fans, tournaments where you could win and compete for $40,000, which that one was for PlayStation only, and a 5 vs 5 event for $2,000, for console only, the first place was two thousand dollars. The grand prize, the prize pool was five thousand. Uh, the winner of the home series uh, was uh, Toronto with an insane final match against Atlanta Phase. And yeah, the the weekend was really intense with all the games that happened. Now with the regular season ended, it's time to move on to the playoffs. Speaking of Call of Duty, uh, 2020 Call of Duty was potentially leaked by Doritos and looks like it is called Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I feel like they're just going back to old games, maybe, who knows, let's hope it's good. Rockstar Games released a new update today for Red Dead Online and a future update coming to GTA 5, which the leak or rumor for GTA 5 is a new heist on a new map. So they're introducing a new location. Interesting. 
on Monday was StarCraft 2 10th anniversary, so it's been 10 years. They released new patches for the game, such as a massive editor update, custom campaigns, a new campaign achievement, game improvement, and co-op commander talent. Apparently, when StarCraft 1 had their 10 year, they released StarCraft 2, so maybe StarCraft 3 is coming soon. I played a little bit of StarCraft and I enjoyed it. Moving on to our content creators, Summit G, or Summit 1G, known as the Game Reviver, has been playing ESO for about a week now and has reached 100, level 160 within two to three days. That's a lot of playing, but I guess if your job is to play games, good on you. Uh, season three of Chump starts Wednesday, which is hosted by Jeremy Dooley. It's a good fun show by uh, Rooster Teeth. You can watch it on their website or YouTube or their app. And as well with Rooster Teeth, they released a Dungeons and Dragons game show. Uh, it started July 21st and it's called Die is Cast. I haven't watched it yet, but I look. it looks like I will. So let's hope it's good. So let's move on to our topics of tonight or today, whenever you're watching this really. Our game of choice today, well, tabletop game of choice, is Uno. Yes, it's not a board game, it's not an RPG game, or anything. It's a card game, but technically, it is still a tabletop game. So, we're going to talk about it. Fun fact, Uno was invented by Mira Robbins in 1971 after fighting with his son over the rules of Crazy Eights, while being unable to come to an agreement on how the game is actually played. That's the end of the fun fact. It's kind of cool that it was created over an argument of Crazy Eights. With that, when his family and friends began to play more and more, Merrill Robbins spent $8,000 to have 5,000 copies of the game made. He sold it from his barbershop at first and local businesses began to sell it as well. Robbins later sold the rights to Uno to a group of friends headed by Robert Tezak and a funeral parlor owner in Juliet, Illinois for $50,000 uh, dollars plus royalties of 10 cents per game. Tezak formed International Games Inc. to market Uno, with offices behind his funeral parlor. The games were produced by Louis Saltzman of Saltzman Printers in Maywood, Illinois, and in 1992, International Games became part of the Mattel family of companies. The aim of Uno is to be the first person to score 500 points achieved by being the first to play all of one's own cards and scoring the points held by other players. The deck consists of 108 cards, four each of being wild and a wild draw four, and 25 each of four different colors, red, yellow, green, and blue. Each color consists of zero, of one, zero, two each of the one through nine, and two skip, draw two, and reverse. The last three types are known as action cards. To start, make sure you deal seven cards to your friends or family, whoever's playing with you, and make sure they at least know how to play Uno. I don't want to get too much into the, the rules just because everybody has their own versions, house rules, whatever, and we'll get into that a little bit. But yeah, so first deal seven cards, and the top card of the remaining deck is flipped over and set aside to begin the discard pile. The player to the deal is left, plays first unless the first card is on the discard pile is an action card or a wild card on the player's turn they must do one of the following 
Play one card matching the discard in color, number, or symbol. Play a wild card or a playable wild draw four card uh, and draw the top card from the deck, then play if possible. That's pretty much the only rules you need to know. And then you just need to know what the cards mean, like skip, reverse, draw two, wild, wild, draw four, etc. So your skip card is pretty simple to understand. It's just you get to skip the next the next person's turn. The reverse card is it changes the direction. Draw two, guess what? You draw two cards. And then the wild card, you get to choose what color you want it to be. And then wild draw four, guess what? Pick up four cards and choose the different color you want. That's pretty much all you know, all you need to know until you add your house rules. And this is where the game gets different. Everybody has their own house rules and even Uno is getting in on it as well. With Uno being like decades old, lots of people never actually play by the, the rules just because nobody really knows what they are. With that, I actually don't know what they are either. That's why I read to you what they are because I don't know. And maybe when I'm playing Uno next, I'll listen to my podcast so I know how to play. But Uno also took popular house rules and turned them into official house rules. And they are now included in your board, your card games deck. You'll open up the rules and there will be a list of a couple house rules to play with. It's also funny uh, talk about house rules. Uno, the company, has started getting like notice on Twitter because they decided to go look around for house rules, or maybe they're just, maybe they are thinking them by themselves, but they decided to start making rules and posting them on Twitter. For example, I found a tweet here is here it is from Uno. Skipping never felt so good. If someone plays a draw two on you and you have a skip card of the same color in your hand, you can play it and bounce the penalty to the next player. The next player must draw the two cards unless they have a skip card of any color they can play, in which case they can pass the penalty onto the player, the next player, so on until no one has a skip card and must draw two cards. Uno, good try at making a new rule, but this is just a house rule and I don't know if I like it. I just know, you know. You just, the best house rule is stacking up those plus twos. Plus two, plus two, plus two, plus two, plus four. How many cards do you have? The whole deck. So it's kind of cool that Uno is doing it, but it's also kind of stupid. But if you like it, go ahead and keep playing with uh, Uno's new house rules and keep an eye on their Twitter because I believe they are updating constantly different ways you can play. So my opinion with Uno is... I find it an easy game to play at family events or even just game nights at home because yes, you can still play with two people. All you need is the deck of cards, the rule book, or the rule paper, or the internet, and people who understand the rules, the basic rules, or are going to play the same house rules you are. You gotta establish that first or it's gonna be a chaotic Uno game. The simplicity of Uno is great for all ages. It ranges on the box from 7 plus and says 5 to 10. It definitely makes it so that everybody can be included because of how easy it is. It's fun for the whole family. I will give Uno, because uh, I you know a couple episodes I've been making uh, a little, a little uh, 
rating, I'll give Uno for simplicity wise an eight out of 10 because it's easy to set up, it's easy to play, and it doesn't ruin your family like Monopoly will. So yeah, with that, uh, let's end our tabletop and move on to our main topic of tonight, which is our video game topic. Time for video games. RuneScape is our topic of today and is sometimes referred to as RuneScape 3. RuneScape is a fantasy massive multiplayer online role-playing game known as an MMORPG developed and published by JJAX. It was first released in January 2001. RuneScape was originally a browser-based game uh, used and created with Java programming language, but largely replaced by C++ in 2016. This game has over 200 million accounts created and is recognized by the Guinness World Records as the world's largest and most updated free MMORPG. That's pretty cool. RuneScape takes place in the world of Gilinor? Gilinor? Gilinor. I'm going to say Gilinor. A medieval fantasy realm divided into different kingdoms, regions, and cities. Players can travel through Gilinor via a number of different methods on foot, uh, using magical spells, or charter ships, or logs, depending if you're a member or not. Each region offers a different types of monsters, resources, and quests to challenge players. You can dive into the world of RuneScape as a free-to-play uh, player or a pay-to-play player. With membership, RuneScape offers 28 skills and a bunch of extra quests and locations to discover. As a free-to-play player, it only offers 17 skills and you are limited to the areas and events you can do, which kind of sucks, but it it can be done. Uh, RuneScape also offers a lot of great lore. Uh, this comes with the god of balance, Guthix, finding a blank plane and creating life. Then the goddess Saren decided elves needed to be there and open the world gate. With that, Guthix decided to bring more races into the world and told them, do not wage war, as we wanted this civilization to last on my last realm. Guthix created runes for the humans, and they, the humans used uh, the magic which made the humans called the world runescape. That didn't make any sense, did it? Well, Guthix created runes, and the runes are the reason why the game is called runescape. There we go, I fixed my mistake. In the second era, the god Serodomen found Guthix's world, and Serodomen is the god of balance and wisdom. But he was also involved in the destruction of Serod uh, Guthix's old realm. Also in the second era, more gods found uh, Guthix's world, such as Armadile. He is a god of justice, but also Zeros, the god of fate, brought an invasion army of vampires and other creatures. When the third era hit, Zamorak uh, came from his banishment and decided to take all of Zaros' followers and I'll leave the fourth, fifth, and sixth era for you to go and find out. But it was really good. Spoiler, ends with Guthix dying and RuneScape 3 being created. After I so I started playing RuneScape back in two thousand and seven, and I played for a couple of years. First of the time was like a lot, very, very a lot, and then it became 
minuscule on and off. And maybe sometimes I go three years without playing and go back and get. But when I first started playing, I played free to play, sharing an account with a friend, which they tell you not to do. But, and we never got to max level. After, well, max level in RuneScape when I played was 126. And now the level system is completely different, but I'll get on with that later. Maybe. After I stopped sharing my account with my friend Cameron, I created my own and got it to maybe level 80, I, I, I think. Uh, but leveling wasn't my big thing. I preferred the more non-combat skills, such as woodcutting, fishing, fire making. I spent a lot of time fishing and fire making and trying to make money. It wasn't as good as my friend Lucas when he'd uh, go fishing or make money. I was the skill man. He was the trader. So I said your character level was... 126 and I was level 80 you have to get to get to the 126 you actually have to focus on your combat skills such as your archery your magic your prayer your strength attack and defense constitution I think was on that too I think that was it maybe slayer as well but you needed all those to level up so that your main level would level up you could be what we call a skiller that had uh, your wood cutting and all your non-combat level levels max and still be level three. Now I don't think you can do that anymore uh, because they changed the level system a little bit. But that was definitely one thing that was really cool is seeing a pure skiller, a level three with all these capes, uh, skill capes, because they got 99 in all those skills. So I really liked RuneScape back then and I played until they believe RuneScape 2 or 07 came to an end. The game was really easy to make money by doing shady things, such as promising low levels safe passage through the wilderness, then killing them and taking their stuff. My friends did this to me. Or trading someone, waiting for them to press accept, and then taking your stuff out without them realizing and pressing accept as well. That was one of the biggest reasons why they came without with a new trading system because before you didn't have a secondary safe net for accepting they just had the one and done they also with that created the grand exchange this at the beginning it was okay people weren't really sure about it and after a couple of years it became the biggest thing and now i don't remember runescape really without the grand exchange but they also, with low, killing low levels in the, in the wilderness, uh, they decided to get rid of the wilderness for a couple of years and made it so that people could go in there without dying from other players. And the PvP really ended. So PvP, remember, player versus player, it ended. Which now they created a huge uh, petition bringing back the wilderness and it's back to the same way it should be, where you go to a line that tells you if you want to enter this area you could get killed and lose your stuff and that's that's what the game needed to i think revive the everybody's interest in the game so after some time of playing free to play i decided to get membership i honestly preferred pay to play over free to play 
just because there's guilds. As a skill player, you like guilds as it makes your leveling up easier. But majority of the guilds could only be contained or obtained or entered if you were a member, such as the Fishing Guild or the Rangers Guild, like just a bunch of them. Um, there are some in the free-to-play world that you could enter, such as the Cook Skill, whatever. But it was a lot easier as a fisherman in the game to level up your fishing and make some money if you were a member. That's because in the fishing guild, you had the bank that was there and you also had the docks that you could fish sharks for from, which I still to this day don't understand how you can fish sharks off of a dock. And I was really hoping for RuneScape to introduce ships into the game so you can go out and actually fish properly. But I think they just released um, a mini game for fishing that can get you some level. But yeah, I still don't understand their their logic. Especially, I can get a trout and a shark and a swordfish from the same dock. But it's a video game, so what can you do, right? After, so yeah, like catching sharks and selling them was a main main way for me to make money in the game. And it worked for some time. And with that, after a couple of years of living in the membership world, my time with RuneScape came to an end when Dungeoneering came out. This is also the end of RuneScape 2 and the beginning of RuneScape 3, which is what it is called now. And most people who play refer to it as. So RuneScape 3 brought a lot of new changes to it. One, it started going from... Um, HTML Java based game to a C++ uh, C++ game with better graphics uh, and more things they can do such as the game used to be all about click combat so you click on somebody and you just watch your characters fight you click on your magic ability you watch them fight like it was very if you weren't the first person to hit you probably are the first person to die but so they changed it from that to hotbars and abilities. So now you can press W or one, two, and three, and four and use your ability. So they changed it more towards uh, an MMO such as WoW or uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Like they, they, they wanted to change it to a tab target system. I believe it still is um, a click, but you click on them and then you put, use your abilities. It's been a while since I've played RuneScape 3, but and also, I never really was a combat person. As well as in 2020, they decided to make the game on mobile. So if you have your cell phone, you have a tablet, you can download RuneScape and give it a go. See if you like it. They also have the old school RuneScape servers uh, still available for membership people. So if you pay for RuneScape, you can play on the membership on the old school realm which I still think is better, but everybody has their own opinion. So, yeah, I never really played RuneScape 3 just because I don't like what they did with the game for combat-wise. And this, the leveling system changed from having 99 as your max to a different type of leveling system. They've added more skills, which that's not a downside, but some of the skills they added were stupid, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of things have changed. There's once in a while when I had my computer, I would go back on every couple of years and 
continue, make sure my character's still online, see what what has changed. Um, and but I don't know. I don't really think it's a growing game anymore. But I may be wrong. People may still play it. And if people do still play it, I recommend RuneScape as a starting game for people who want to get into MMORPGs without having to pay for it. Because free-to-play, yes, there's still lots to do in it. So you may get bored after a while, but it's a good way to start. And if you like MMOs, what you see here, then you can move on to paying for subscription in other games or whatever. And also, if you're young or you know somebody that's young, this is a good game for them to get into it as well. It's not hard. Um, you get to custom, there's a little bit of customization for your characters. And again, it's mainly free. Yes, there are more to do later on if you get bored of the free version. But yeah, I I kind of rambled on this one, but because I'm, I'm trying to be more genuine with what I'm trying to say when I'm talking about a game. So there will be a lot of like repeating and stuff as well. But that's just because I'm trying to be more genuine with what I with what I want to talk about when I talk about a game. And RuneScape is definitely one of those games that I remember as a kid growing up. And a lot of us have played, a lot of my friends and I have played together. And we didn't, I don't know, it, it definitely brought our interest into video games. After a couple of years, we probably stopped. And now we, I don't think anybody of my friends play RuneScape, but definitely good times in the game. And yeah, I don't really have much really to go off of that anymore. But if you definitely want to uh, play it, give it a shot. See if you like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. It's not everybody's cup of tea. And with that, I am going to end the podcast. Thank you for listening, tuning in. And don't forget to check out the socials I mentioned before earlier. And when we get to a certain milestone, I still have an idea of a cup to make and give to anybody here. And please, 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 please leave me comments, suggestions. I really want to grow this podcast and it won't happen without the help from anybody who's listening. So thank you for your day. Thank you for your time. Uh, have a good one.